0: speaking thank you all for joining us again this week on spotify and on our youtube channel at serbian football show uh, a lot of things to talk about this week we will focus on this crazy transfer period in the winter deadline day transfer still going on who knows what's happening a lot of serbian players making moves to help me talk about it are a couple of my good friends here luca where are you in the world this week
1: hey and then freezing my butt off in uh, washington dc dude
0: Oh man, that's that's, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Gonna get back down to Miami soon, hopefully. For sure. <laughs> and somebody with a lot warmer right now is our man from Adelaide, Veli. Veli, what's up, buddy?
2: Monty, I hope we're all safe and well. Right. Just a by the by, I caught up with a few of the boys over the weekend. Uh, it was actually my little um, uh birthday, and there was three guys there who listened to the podcast. And they go, Billy. We piss ourselves laughing. The, the other, th- the other three, like, are just so you know, eloquent the way they speak. Um, and they, you know, like it's the Queen's English half the time. But like, you, brother, you swear too much. <laughs>
1: nah. so, no, not enough, I, I, I sure.
2: All, all I can say to you guys is, like, yeah, so no, saw All right, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> hey, we won't have it any other way. And Alexa, what's the word? What's the word of Belgrade?
3: Well, the transfer bonanza is up and running. It's been blowing up on every major portal. And uh, the word in Belgrade is there's a huge Novak Djokovic LED display on like 50 buildings in support <laughs> to the fact that he was cheated out of a title. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a weird atmosphere. And the city's surprisingly empty. Like, literally no one's out in the streets tonight. But considering the amount of players that have moved clubs, I guess that makes sense. So, uh, you know, just like they're in the house, we're in a house right now. We can talk about a lot of stuff that's happened in a crazy transfer day. Unusual. So, that's run, right. So.
0: And, and to quote a
3: legendary man named Ric
0: Flair, Rafa Nadal, to beat a man, you got to beat the man you oh, yeah. the man So you're, you're not the man and you'll never be the man, but good luck next time. Hey, EW. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get started. A lot of transfers going crazy, especially for our players. Also, Partizan, you know, continue to sign the best 30-year-old of ex-players for their club that are on the market currently, (laughs) but (laughs) we'll see how that works out, but uh, yeah, let's start with the big news first. Uh, Dusan Valkic last week going to Juventus, you know, one of my least favorite clubs in the world, but maybe I'll become a fan now that our our boy's there and that, you know, he's going to... I think he's definitely going to do some big things there. Get the number seven, same number Ronaldo had... um, Big move, the most expensive Serbian transfer in history of any of our players by far. I think it's over 80, 80 million dollars uh, that he went for. Uh, not to mention all the agent fees, his large salary, well deserved. You know, I'm glad Fiorentino uh, made a lot of money off of him because Batizan definitely didn't, <laughs> which is another another topic for another day. But uh, Luca, what are your thoughts on Luka's well, decision, his choice to stay in the Serie A, stay in the familiar?
1: familiar place for him and then go over to Juventus yeah man I mean what what to say dude uh first of all if you guys recall the last podcast I was this was my move I said he needs to go to Juventus He should listen to Stojkovic He should stay in the Serie A and I think Juventus is the perfect perfect club for him um I was skeptical that Juventus could get him just because of the price tag and maybe they'd want to try and wait till the summer however it was actually the opposite of that. They wanted to scoop him up right now so they could beat off the suitors in, in the summer before his price increased. So I think I don't even know where they got the money, but they got the money, and um, and um, I'm glad that they signed him now. I think it shows Vlahovic they won him right now, not you know in a couple of months. Um, and when I look at this Juventus team, I'm really looking forward to see how he's going to be. Uh, um, playing alongside of my, one of my other like favorite players to watch, which is Chiesa, also a, a Fiorentina player. Um, But plenty of talent on the team that could feed uh, Vlachovic the ball. They could really make him do big things. And I think with this with this move, I mean, Juventus is definitely assured. I don't want to know assured is a strong word, but they definitely have a much better chance of making Champions League and then playing, and I think he obviously knows that. I'm, I'm super happy that he didn't go to Arsenal because when I was looking at just the transfers that have declined Arsenal in this window and previous windows. I mean, that list is stacking. I think you can make a good argument that Arsenal is not a um, top-tier club anymore because top-tier players don't want to go there anymore. And I think, obviously, it looks like Vlachovic had his mind made up. He wanted to to go to Juventus. He wanted to stay in the Serie A. Very happy for him. Um, Expecting very, very big things. I think even as much as Juventus paid for him, I still think they got a value value for for block i think he's about to show that
0: for sure and yeah you're right i mean the, the thing is he's staying in the familiar surroundings he knows the league he's going to score a lot of goals there's no doubt juventus you know they've been a bit up and down this season but they should have more than enough to get into the champions league and and at the end of the day that's what most players want they want that opportunity to play in the champions league and he's probably going to get that Veli, how do you feel about uh, the decision Vlahovic has made?
2: Listen, let's get something, you know, let's address the white elephant in the room. Let's talk about a topic that no one really wants to talk about. But, you know, it's on everyone's mind, that's for sure. Dusan Vlahovic has really nice hair. (laughs) Have you guys ever noticed that? like, Like when he plays and he sweats and all that type of stuff, like... I'm thinking I'm a little bit follicly challenged. Uh, I hope I'm your wife myself, is not listening right now,
0: by Yeah, the way, but... but he's
2: like, he's got, yeah, yeah, no, she, she has no interest in football, and that's why you stay married for so long, right? Oh my God. And um, uh, he has really nice hair. I swear to God, you want to put a bow tie on him and a pair of glasses, and he could be teaching modern European history at Cambridge University <laughs> or something like that, right? Um, but all bullshit aside, listen, I think. The key was Champions League football. The fact that you could play it year in and year out. Um, at the end of the day, all the Australian Serbs from Sydney to Perth, from Brisbane to Adelaide, are going to, you know, be tuning into, you know, our Twitter feed, our podcast, our uh, the telecast on the TV to see how Dusan Vlahovic is going to go um, for Juventus. There's no doubt there, right? Um, the, the little bit of the you know, I would have loved to have seen him in the Premier League so just so people outside the Serbian diaspora can see how good this kid is. It freaks me out that he's only 21, 22, isn't he? He's got right? Time. Like, he, he's got so much you know in front of him, and um, that that is the big thing to you know look forward to. I again, you know, Milos, you've already just addressed this, he, he does make me sad, and this might be you know, like a little off topic on the. Uh, back end of this pod, the amount of little money that Partizan make out of this transfer, that does give me the shits, right? Because, uh, and, you know we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the whole transfer um, system has changed, the transfer fee structure has changed, the way these things are paid is all changed, and we can, you know, get into that detail later. But, um, you know, I do get a bit shitty that Partizan only get, is it safe to say symbolic, a symbolic gesture out of that that massive transfer? And, you know, like, I would probably think that his agent would be getting three to four to five times more than what Prism would be getting. Oh, yeah. But I think, listen, I think it's a good fit. Um, I hope he is challenged enough by it because its he's not going to a new country. He's not going to a new league. Uh, he's not going to new grounds or anything like that. So, I hope it's enough of a challenge for him. I think a lot of you guys have, you know, and a lot of our fans who listen to the podcast have read all those aftermath type articles that um, Ronaldo didn't leave the best le- legacy at Juventus um, uh, because of, of that massive dominant ego in the dressing room. I don't think Vlakovic will, will bring that. So, I, I just see good things for for Dushan Vlakovic. So, um, uh, you know, like all power to him. I'm, I'm a massive crediting the fact that he took advice from one of our greatest ever footballers and of all time that Senebi uh, has ever produced. And the fact is um, he will end up being one of our greatest managers as well because, let's face it, when it comes to management, he has quite a um, uh, legacy to reach. So I'm really happy that he did that. To me, it shows a little bit of humility and it shows a little bit of um, humbleness and willingness to learn. So all power to him.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, great to listen. To. He listen to Pixie, and I think at the end of the day, a lot which what sets him apart from a lot of other younger players or a lot of other hyped up players is his mentality. Like, he's a very serious. He's very focused. He is a killer. Literally, uh, like his his focus, his maturity—they're all next level. Pixie said the same thing. You know, when he first met him with the national team last year, he said that you know he's much more mature than his age would suggest. And when you see him on the pitch. You see him off the pitch, his behavior, everything just screams that he's the often professional. And I think that's what sets him apart and that's what's going to make this transition, this superstardom or whatever you want to call it, it's going to make it easier for him than maybe for some of our other players who are not as mentally strong or as disciplined who might, might crumble in this type of situation. Oxa, what are your uh,
3: thoughts on this move? Well, first of all, I would like to rebut Veli's point regarding the symbolic fee, because considering our transfer budget, that makes about 40% of the transfer budget, so it's not so symbolic for us, but uh, that's a story for a different time.
2: Um, no, I'm, so I'm talking about symbolic, how much of the percentage of that actual transfer fee? Do you yeah, I mean? deserved more, right? It, it's, Any incredible deserve it more. Like a, it's incredible that it wasn't a 10% fee. Um, it's just, it's yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand that, you know, that's huge money for Partizan. But it can be more it should be more and yep. our future contracts and and our future um, uh, um transfers need to need to give these serbian clubs more and i hope there's a way that that can be addressed in the future but alex's video brother keep going no it's fine um the the personal frustration comes into the fact he signed a preliminary contract if you're in
3: tina uh, in 2017, we had him on the books for six months, and he didn't play a single fixture during that first half of the season. You know, idiot logic, but whatever. That's for another time. Um, regarding the move, I was hoping he would go somewhere else. I made the pitch for Arsenal because I thought that it was the sensible move, and I thought that the way that they were building with Arteta, especially now that Aubameyang has left, and I believe he's left for Barcelona. Um, that you know the, the spot freed up, so I thought, all right, they're going to make a move for him. But he stayed in Juventus, and I, I think that ultimately it makes sense. And trying to look at it from the prism of comparing it to Lukayovich, for example, because a lot of people wanted to do that. I think that there are some key differences uh, with that transfer to this one. Um, first of all, you're staying in the same league. I think that that's a big, big, big deal because just transitioned from the German league, which is a fast-paced, high-pressure tempo. To the Spanish League, which has its advantages and is good to watch, but it's very slow, it's methodical, it's very tactical. It's not an easy transition to make, especially for a young player. It's much easier to make for an experienced veteran that can come in and that can make a big impact, you know. like Luis Suarez, for example, he was dominant in Liverpool and then he went to Spain and, you know, he ate it up. So um, it was that's the first part that that that's important here. He's staying in the same league, he knows the tempo. He knows what's expected of him, and Serie A is a league that, in the last six, seven, eight years, uh, has has become a league that. Uh is much more open than it was in the past you know you see games that are three four and you know five two and whatever and, and the tempo is much closer to what you would see in england so i think that he's gonna you know still be fine adjusting to it he's playing for a team that's going to be on the attack most of the time so it's no different to fiorentina who's you know their principle of defending was we're going to score more than the other team uh, if we have the ball they can't score so it's going to be fine for that Second of all, he's going to a team that is going to build around it. Klojovic went to a team that had Karim Benzema. They had just let Ronaldo go. He was one of the swarm of the many signings they had that summer. I think they signed Nazar that summer. They signed Eder Militao. I think people Courtois might have even come in that summer. So he was one of the guys. Whereas this is like the, the main move that all of the Juventus officials and the front office have been working for for a good while now. And he's the main guy. He took Ronaldo's number, which I love. That he, I, I love how he just does not give a shit about <laughs> how people perceive it. He's just like, I'm gonna score, and I'm the best, and I'm the baddest in the pitch, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And he just exudes that confidence that you guys were talking about, where he just he knows he's the best, and it's just up to him to prove he's the best. And third of all, I think that the key situation here is that. Dusha you know, and Lukovyovic, they both came from smaller teams in their respective leagues. But Dusha has the physical tools that I said can make him a star anywhere. Like Jovic has got his incredible set of skills. He's tremendous with the ball at his feet. He's a great finisher, much better at playing with his, you know, his back to the goal. But Dusha Vlachovich is always said he's 6'3, 6'4, runs like a sprinter. You know, he's got an unbelievable amount of power in his shot. He he's got deceptive acceleration. He's Plays stronger than you think he does, and like he's hard to stop. You know, he's just a menace in the box. He's a menace away from the box. He's good on counterattacks. He has a complete game physically and and technically, that makes it very very difficult to stop. And I think that he's more more focused at this age. I don't know if he's better than Lukayovic, but I would say he's much more focused. I think he's much more determined to prove himself. I think that he's going to a team that. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's got a good strike partner, Alvaro Morata, who's going to thrive off of having someone who's going to you know, be a clinical finisher because Alvaro Morata can do everything except except basically be a consistent finisher. He's great at holding the ball. He's a tremendous passer, great at his defensive work rate, uh, can score if he needs to. And now if you pair him up with Bacchus, you've got a perfect one-two punch right there. And I love Alvaro Morata. So I think it's a good thing in that sense. The rest of the team is kind of a, a helter-skelter mashup because Allegri just came back after two-year absence and they're still trying to pick up the pieces of the failures during the Ronaldo era, so I think it's going to take time. Uh, but they made some changes in their front office, which I think are for the better. I think he could build something for the long term. And um, I'm excited for it. I think he's going to propel them into the Champions League very easily. Uh, I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned for a good while now. I think that they have the resources needed uh, to counter the point that you made, Lucas, sometimes uh, due to the demand, the fees in the winter transfer window can actually be much higher than the fees you get in the summer. Because in the summer, you know, you're near a contract expiring in the winter.
2: You're still in the middle of the season. And if you want to go get somebody, you really got to pay top dollar. And they want to A few, few clubs are desperate because they might be wanting to get into the top four or of trying to fight off relegation. So there are a right, few clubs right. that are desperate. Yeah, But, yeah.
1: but the, yeah. I think the, the competition in the summer would just be much more because there were, there were clubs that wanted to sign him uh, now. They just couldn't. Maybe they couldn't afford him or didn't have space or whatever it may oh, be. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: It was it, the the clubs would have gone up from like top ten to like all the major clubs in the world. Exactly, popular. I think. All right, City and Real Madrid haven't gone for him, but I think by the end of the season they they would have gone for him at some point. So I think it just depends on you know they saw that they needed him because they've had a lot of draws in this part of the season, and um, we'll see what happens. I think I think it's it's kind of a misconception to make the assumption that O'Leary plays replace defensively um, the team around him. I think. It's an interesting matchup because I think if, if they can work together individually, this team of Juventus is much weaker than the team they've had in the past. But if I feel like we can get them to work together, they can actually be a great unit. Um, you can also make the counter argument that they need to get stronger, especially in the midfield and especially in the creative areas. Um, you know, not, you know, Kia's are not withstanding. So it's an interesting period ahead of them. But what they're going to do is they're going to feed him the ball. They're going to trust him. I think that they've, they've worked very hard to get him in there. I think that he relishes the prospect of playing there. I think that it's not, it's not like Luka Jovic who showed up, it was kind of, I don't want to say he was scared, but he was just kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. And it's like, you know, you're playing for Real Madrid and you show up to, to keep you up, and there's 50,000 people
2: in the stadium and you're one of the guys. Alexa, I just get the, the feeling, Alexa, I just get the feeling that Dushan Vlachovic, application to his profession, would be a lot greater than Luka Jovic's ever was. I'm not sure if you guys remember, like, I don't do it, but it, it struck me at the time when he went to Real Madrid, hey, Luka Jovic made more entries into the social pages and about his relationships and heavens knows what than he was about goal scoring or something like that. And I just don't see that with Dusan Vlakovic. What you see with him as how he's training on public holidays and um, warming down, warming up and all that type of stuff. I just think Vlakovic's application to his profession is what's going to maybe propel him to that elite level. Not to mention
3: he gets pissed off when he gets substituted after he scores a brace. Like, right. you need that. You need yeah. guys that are going to be – they're not going to be satisfied if they've played, scored two goals. They're going to think about the one chance they missed. So a lot of it has to do with your mental application. You know, a lot of times in football, guys, they're great talents – underachieve and vice versa, depending on their application. And I'm not trying to take things at like Luka Jovic because he has worked hard to play for Madrid and he has taken steps forward. I don't want to make him like, oh, he's lazy. But I think it just depends on the place you go. I, again, we all agree if Luka Jovic would have gone to a smaller team, uh, you know, if he would have gone to, let's say, an Arsenal or let's say, you know, even somewhere to that level, he probably would have developed better. You know, because like, I'm not sure if, if, if Dushan would have gone to like Real Madrid or Mad City or some a team or like Bayern Munich, a team like contending for like the biggest trophies, that uh, that he would have, you know, that the same thing wouldn't have found him. Juventus isn't on that level right now, but they're still a big enough club where you have to respect them in Europe still a huge club they've got the potential to be at that level and i think he's the stepping stone for them to get there so i think it's a good move i think he's ready the price they paid is big but i think that they've listened. they've said before the money they gave to ronaldo like it's better to pay and make the mistake than to wonder well we could have done that move and it didn't pan out so i think it makes sense for him and uh seeing him in a black and white jersey is awesome so i i it's <laughs> nice to see the tradition continue and uh, i wish him the best and i think he's gonna have a great second after the season
0: yeah, great move for Juventus, and you know, when they qualify for the Champions League, there won't be an asterisk beside it, unlike uh, Rafa Nadal's uh, channel the victory. Yeah! <laughs> Whatever, just, hey, I'm not mad at all. Hey, no, I'm not no, mad no, at no,
2: all. I am not no, i do not I'm not upset at all about that. <laughs> no, no, listen, no, no, listen, let's be honest. None of us hold grudges here, but we all just understand that Rafa Nadal didn't thank the Minister of Immigration in Australia for his win, so... Um, but not, none, of, none of us hold a grudge, okay? Yeah, none of us hold a grudge. I just want
0: to beat Denmark in the World Cup because of 92. I want to beat uh, Netherlands in the World Cup because of 98, 2000, and 2006. And I want an off an to lose forever because
1: of 2022. But I don't hold a grudge at all about anything ever in my Subtle. Life. Okay, there you go. Hey, Milos, I want to know, where does your hatred of uh, Juventus come from, dude?
0: Uh, I don't know. I just never... Uh, just never a likable team. I don't know. I never liked. I I, I guess Nedved was kind of a. He was he was like more. I guess he was a like character, but I don't know. I just never liked the team. Oh, they're ownership. The colors of the or, shirt probably didn't help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not true. I love Newcastle. I like Fulham a lot, but it's just, just not, not
1: something that I enjoy. I always just just when I think of Italy and when I think of watching Serie, I always look forward. to when I was younger, watching
0: like Inter Milan with Stankovic. Or Lazio, of our players, or right. you know, AC Mon, I used to love watching, you know, back in like the early 2000s. Uh, early 90s.
2: Gentlemen, 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 when your parents were all thinking about having you guys, <laughs>
1: Juventus had a wonderful team with Michel Platini, Ziggy Boniek, <laughs> and all that. Hey, I'm a Juventus fan,
2: watching, dude. And I remember watching that when I was young. They they, they were fantastic, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, I'm you. I don't really like them too much now, but, you know what I mean, we're, we we'll have vested interest now. There you go. Also, Are you, uh, very quickly. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Milos.
3: No, no, go ahead, I just wanted to make the quick point that Juventus is a good club for us historically, because Vladimir Ugovic was there, had a great second half of his career. Absolutely very, very well respected. Grasic started off game and then got injured and got frozen out, but that's a different argument. So right. you know that Kovavich Would have been good if he wasn't injured. So it's a club that works for us historically, I guess. So I mean, in that sense, I think he he knows where to turn to, and uh, I think you know he knows how to pick up advice. So in that sense, it's It's not like he's going to Liverpool, where like every single serving history (laughs) sucked. A graveyard, yeah. Some
0: success, so uh, it's a good thing. Some history, value I just want to ask you a question. Uh, This is a little bit off topic, but do you remember the website uh, Plavi Fans? By the way.
2: Yeah, I did. I did, I did, like, vaguely, cross-mugly, like, I can't be just
0: I'm sure most of our listeners probably have no idea what we're talking about, but back in the early 2000s, there was a website, it was kind of like uh, like the original Facebook, <laughs> in a way, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. This is like back called, in
3: 2004 or 2003, something like that. It was, you know, yeah, so it was ago. called
0: Plotty Fans, and it's it was fans of the national team at that time from across the world. There was a forum as well, and uh, they would people would post pictures like, oh, I'm from Belgium and they would post pictures in their Yugoslavia jerseys and, and hats and stuff. And like, it was, it was like my original introduction to like social media in a way, but it didn't last long, but it was like an amazing website uh, back in the day. And really, I know you're an old man, so you probably remember it as well. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. I, I, I do remember it because that was the start of my, um, uh, although I'd been a few times previously, um, you know back home, but that was the start of my um travels all over the all over anywhere I could to go watch the national team. It was it was it was, it was like a bit of a weird time, do you know what I mean? Like you would be in the stands and it was called Serbia Tinogora at that time, you know, just came off the, the Yugoslavia, and people people would be you know shouting in the stands, I'd be going Serbia, Serbia, just sitting there going, and where's the rest of it, and where's the rest of it, where's the rest of it, but by the time. That was that was the chant that actually went for about a minute and a half by just saying the country's name because it just took forever. <laughs> it was it yeah. was a weird time. It was like the was the wanted, time nobody... when uh, we would boo the national anthem all the time. Yeah. I I oh went my god! And then you'd be looking, you'd be looking in the crowd. You'd be singing the old anthem, and like and listen, I'll, I'll just say it out there. I had no time for the old anthem. We should have dumped that ages ago. That was from a uh, that was from a past. That led to the reasons why my father and all that came here, and all that type of So I had no allegiance to that whatsoever. But yeah, that was funny. You're like people were booing, and then you know there were almost there was almost arguments in there because the the, the five to ten percent of the people who still wanted to sing it. Oh it was it was a weird time. Weird. I remember weird time. Uh, when uh, when
0: Serbia, well, uh, Serbia Montenegro back then, but they came to Toronto and uh, they played against uh, Italy, a friendly <coughs> match at, at the Sky Dome. And I was there with, like a couple of Canadian friends, and like the anthem came on, and I started booing. Everybody, all the servers were booing like crazy, and my friends were like, what the hell is going on? What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Try explaining political history. In
1: the yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. an hour-long process. And yeah. I, and I can, I, one of my proudest
2: moments was I actually was at the first game that Serbia was Serbia.
1: A oh, Czech Republic,
2: yeah, the Czech Republic, and then the first one was at home was against um, uh, against Belgium, and then um, uh, you know what I mean that that hastily arranged Nike shirt with just the with just the kruna on there, which <laughs> you know like I went and bought and all that type of gear, and that was the first time. And again, you know, like uh, I'm I'm really old, but I'm not uh, I'm not a fossil yet, and you know like it was the military band came out to do the. Um, uh, to the to do the national anthem and, and then the they op- played and March. the
3: opera singer came out as well.
2: Absolutely, and then they did um, you know, Martian Adrenal and all that type of stuff. And I went, do you know what? With a bit of luck and all that, we could be onto something. And all right. you know, we we had could it have been now. wronger. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, exactly right. You know what I mean? We we had our sort of things, and then when we got to South Africa, we all fucked it up. But anyway, hey,
1: yeah, that's what we're here yeah. now, baby.
2: Absolutely. I I'm have, a, I, a, I, have a, I have a good story regarding the booing of the anthem from a friend of mine. Uh, that uh, he,
3: he was living in Belgium at the time and it, this is when we played for the Germany qualifiers we went to Belgium we won 2-0 and it's, it's at the stadium in Brussels and our anthem starts and of course everyone's
2: going like crazy from the Serbian fans and the Belgian fans they're all turning around Brother really, is that was when Kesman scored and overga yeah, and I was, the was there course. Yep. I, was fans, I was there.
3: Viking on I The fans, the fans are booing like crazy, and like the police officers in the Belgian, family, they're looking around at the stadium like a flaresman, been Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, why are they booing? Yeah. And uh, it was just like, it, and then the fans after we started asking, like, why are you booing? And then he starts explaining to them
2: after like forty minutes. They're like, I don't understand a single thing, but. Yeah, Good for yeah. you that you have so much history. So yeah, exactly, I Oh, dude, have, I, have I got a story about that game? But it could take a while, and, and actually, I actually want the listeners to stay on the podcast, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, uh, maybe if we've got nothing to talk about, which is highly unlikely, I'll, I'll say that story. But anyway. <laughs>
0: maybe we'll save you for the shout-outs. But yeah, I just wanted to bring up, that. Uh, I don't know why you remind me of Plavi fans, but that was an amazing website. If any of you guys out there who are a bit older, like uh, like Valley, <laughs> have like any screenshots of that website, that'd be amazing if you can tweet it over, to Strip Your footy, because I, I just well, remember find like
2: dinosaur basically.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm hey, trying general, to look for, it, but I can't find it. I'm,
2: I'm 45 years of age, <laughs> but let me reassure everybody that I look 44. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to
0: find like uh, pictures of the website and stuff, but I couldn't find anything online. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't around for a long time. But it was just like. Uh, the first place online where I, like, got to, like, meet other, other than, like, my friends from school back here or whatever, we're, we're. meet other, like, Serbian fans from, like, I remember Australia, Belgium, Germany, like, all these countries. And people would post, like, pictures of them being fans as well. And I don't even know. I think I found the website by, like, searching Napret Klavi on uh, Ask Jeeves. Before, yes, before, geez, Google. Dude. <laughs> before Google, oh, you know, I was just a kid, right? And, and, and yeah, that was amazing. But yeah, shout out the to the anybody the out there who remembers Fagićan.
3: The complicated history of Serbian football forums getting shut down in the last fifteen years—you can write a whole chapter on that. Yeah, that's, like, oh yeah. Clubs, that's club huge. forums have been have been shut down. Were
1: months, like, were high not, high none high of you guys in the extra time forum?
3: Yeah, man, the best web,
0: yep.
2: the web best worm
0: yep. ever. Yeah, yeah. I used Extra to read
2: it. I never used to edit because then that means I'd have to type something or I'd have to do some work <laughs> and all that type of stuff. So I, I avoided that like the I avoided that like the But I read it though.
0: Yeah, actually, one of the like one of the legendary people from Extra Time Kerala, if you guys remember, I used to read. He started a, a Twitter account recently called I think Balkan Football Scout.
1: So he he does a lot of like uh, scouting stuff and. Uh, oh, YouTube I saw some of his stuff on but, Twitter. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he's he was like one of the OG extra time Serbian football legends, and yeah, he's got a he's on Twitter now too. So definitely make sure to follow him. But let's get back on topic, <laughs> <laughs> back to transfers. Nice trip uh, through
3: memory lane. Yeah,
0: exactly. Went well, a little bit of a tangent, but I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who remember Plavi fans, who remember extra time, who remember uh, SFN. If you remember Soccer Fans Network, I'm sure plenty of people remember that one back then in the early uh, 2000s, mid 2000s when. Football forums and chat rooms were, were the rage, and you know there wasn't anything called uh, Twitter yet or Instagram or TikTok, God forbid, or anything like that <laughs> back in that day. Um, but yeah, let's talk about more transfers. A lot of Serbian players making moves. Um, another big transfer that happened last week: Marko Lazic from uh, Zvezda moving to AC Milan. Uh, young player, not hasn't played many games for Zvezda, of course. Definitely someone who has the physical tools. We talked about the physical tools of Sham Lockwich, but Lulzic is even taller than Lockwich. He's younger. He, he could potentially become a bit more jacked as well than him. So he's got all the physical tools. There's just the other intangibles that you need as a footballer that he can hopefully work on and, and become a great player. But, um, you know, gonna be tough for him to get minutes at AC1 initially you might go on a few loans but we'll see how that works out uh look at what do you think about the Lazitic transfer any are there any other transfers uh, this week or today that have caught your attention for certain players
1: yeah yeah man um the Lazetic one was interesting because I, I think it was for a quite a sum of money if I'm not mistaken right I think it was like four or five million euros um so I can see and correct me if I'm wrong there but I can see how uh you know that would be appealing to Zvezda. obviously you don't want to see a young striker go to a massive team like AC Milan, but on the other hand, I mean, they do have some aging strikers, and he could learn a lot, you know, from uh, Giroud and Ibrahimovic, of course, um, and he's got a build like Ibrahimovic, so, you know, it could be interesting, let's see what happens, at least, I guess at least Zvezda got paid a decent amount, and um, and he gets to play alongside some greats, let's see what happens, man, I mean, this is one of those, like, shots in the dark, maybe he develops, like could be could be like Vlahovic, where you forget him for a little bit and then all of a sudden he just hits the scene hits the ground running um some of the other transfers that really caught my eye I think I don't know if the the Nemanja Matic one is, is done yet to Zvezda but um if that happens or has happened and everything is signed um I think that's a fantastic signing I think it's it's, it's an amazing signing especially getting it from a club like Bayern Munich um and you know this is something that that he's talked about touched upon and it's like you know getting these either young or already or or, um or established uh, serbian players back on the team and i think motica is a is a great one obviously zeeza also i don't know if we're going to go through him but you know the new striker looks to be good Oki, i can't even pronounce his last name i won't even try uh looks look, looks to be decent i think scored against Shakhtar donetsk um in a friendly uh, very recently
0: three goals in three games yeah looking pretty looking pretty serious yeah
1: it, it, and he looks looks to be a presence in the pitch for sure um and there was oh and of course the italian the italian piccini is his name i believe uh also looks to be a solid signing so far so i'm i'm actually pretty happy with the with the transfer so far um it doesn't doesn't seem like we've lost a lot and by we i mean zez of course uh lost a lot but um you know the Lazetic one it's, it's someone i'm gonna be keeping an eye on just because of his physical attributes like you said man so shot in the dark let's see what happens
0: yeah good good gamble for, for Crazy milan he's got he's got all the tools as we mentioned he could turn out to be really good we'll see how he develops there hopefully um he's got the right head on his shoulders and the right people around him to make sure he's working hard and that he can make it in, in a club like that because it definitely won't be easy for him. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's also going to have some help there, you know. Radek you know, well, I guess he's... i can not We can't call him a Bosnian player because he's Serbian, but he plays for the Bosnian national team. But, you know, he plays in the Serbian league, Serbian guys, so I'm sure he'll help him out. Zlatan, of course, is always looking out for Balkan players whenever he plays with them most of the time, so I'm sure he'll be... A big help to him as well. He's going to learn a lot there. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Well, Velia, what are your thoughts on the Leicester's transfer and what are some of your thoughts on, on this transfer period in general for serving clubs and players?
2: Yeah, um, uh, so it's a couple of things. I think one thing that we need to all talk about again, you know, and I'm not talking literally to, to us three the transfer system has changed now in Europe. Agents are massively involved. Um, everyone wants to become an agent. Um, and the fact is that everyone's pushing their cause, whether it's the cause, the right for the player or not, heaven will only know. Uh, the way that transfers are paid now, uh, there are many clubs now and who are either facilitating or wanting to go into the instalment-type system. Contracts are different now, whereby... Um, uh, Onward sales, uh, original clubs or feeder clubs are getting a percentage. So the whole thing about transfers has changed. Um, and the fact that um, uh, what's also happened is that back in the day, um, I used to remember the 8, 9, 10, 12, and the multiples go million-dollar transfers from clubs from Eastern Europe don't exist. They are now halved, if not um, made a third, and now we're seeing these very, very small transfer fees that are being paid for any player out of Eastern Europe, and let alone um, uh, let alone Serbia, sadly. And it gives me the shits, and I do get angry about it. The exception to the rule probably is players from Croatia. Whatever they, whatever Dinamo Zagreb do, they still get very, very good money for their for their transfers and. Of course, they're, you know, their they're old president takes a cut, but he openly says, that, hey, I'll get you top dollar, so I'm taking my cut and everyone can, everyone can shut up. But I, I think that's a big thing to talk about as well. Do you know what I mean? Like I, um, the, the transfer system has changed. As a result, um, you know, Njegos Petrovic, yeah, he went for, in today's market, for an Eastern European player, he went for good money. Zvezda probably cashed in because you just never know. I get it. But I worry about this one. Uh, because it's not like he went to an in-between league. he went to still to a top five league um, uh, in Europe. and what Alex has so eloquently put previously, you know it's more of an expansive league I was going to talk about then um, that the Italian League is, is probably going a little bit of a renaissance in the last three to five years. I don't know if it's a jump too high for him. Um, I agree with all your points I think the environment which is going to be in the players that are surrounding him will give him nothing but um, but advice but I worry about it I, I do I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you Um Petrović went to Granada in Spain he went you know for basically peanuts again this is the thing whereby maybe I'm too old school I'm not sure I would have loved to him to to stay in Serbia to them both just to, you know, get a lot more league games, get a lot more derbies into their leagues, get a lot more European competition, uh, European springs, all that type of stuff. You know, the pressure, get that into their system before they go abroad. But I know that these guys who run all of our clubs are, are just cashing in. Um, uh, again, the guy, the, the young kid, Motica from from Bayern. So that this is the thing. So if we bring him to Zvez, we've got to play him. We've yep. got to play him. For we've, sure. got to, we've got to expose him. We've got to we've got to give him the the, the game time. So it's great on paper, and I think the journalist you know it gets a hard on that he can now report on this and all that type of stuff. But now, if Zvezda's um, duty is to is to play play the young man, um, so you know like that that's that's what I want to see done. You know what I mean, but. Sadly to me, I think gone are the days where you got those, you know, bigger transfers out of Serbian clubs. You know, like just out of. I, I looked at, and, you know, Borg, Damudur, Prosti. I looked at, you know, Goran Bunjevic. I think you guys remember that elegant midfielder that played for Zvezda they went to Tottenham afterwards. I still think he went for six, seven, eight million euros at the time. And that was really decent coin then. Um, and that was the last time I can think of a, of, of a large, uh, you know, Alex will definitely correct me if I'm wrong, um, type type transfer, because I've yeah, seen the need... ones... Yeah, because the thing is, is I've seen the ones fail, right? I saw Adam oh, Jalic go to Partizan, uh, to, uh, from Partizan to um, Manchester United, that failed. Perito Vljenovic went, you know, to, to Real Madrid, that failed. Um, because I've seen too many of the failures, and I don't wish that upon any of our kids. Um, you guys know me well enough, and you know Luca knows me well enough, and all that type of stuff. I want every one of our players to succeed. I know that's not rational, and I know that's not realistic, um, but I want I want them all to succeed. I just hope, and we've talked about this um, discussion point previously on the pod. I want these guys to make good career choices, and I, and if you make good career choices, you need good advice, and I hope, like what we talked about previous on the on the pod there could be more people that maybe take Dushan Vlakovic's lead and listen to the right people within Serbian football to make the best career decisions for themselves. Um, I know Alex Alexa will talk about this in better detail, but I, I see that warms my heart. Ljuba Midefejsa is a fantastic, solid professional who's made a really good career in Europe, but he's now 33, 34. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he's going back to Partizan and hopefully see how he's playing days in Partizan. He will add a lot of experience add a lot of uh, know-how, especially to the younger players. And he is an extremely decent professional. And I can only see him uh, um, strengthen the squad of Partizan. And I think Partizan have made, which they are prone to do very wise decisions. And so again, I think all, all credit to them and, uh, it would be good to see you, uh, Faisa, back in a Partizan shirt.
0: Definitely, uh, Faisa, great player. Just have to wonder if he's—I know his last, you know, bit of time with Benfica was marred with injuries, and I'm not sure how he did in the Middle East. But hopefully, he can stay healthy and be able to contribute. Because if he can stay on the pitch, of course, he's going to add a lot to Partizan, and he's going to make you know their midfield much better than than they are without him. And you're right, Valley about Motika. Um, If you, I don't know, the transfer is not official yet, but it seems like it's official. So if you're going to spend all that money on, on this 18-year-old kid, you better play him to get that investment back. And also, not just that, but you better play him, develop him as a potential player for our national team, you know, on the wing position. And it is definitely a risky transfer because he technically has not played you know, real professional football yet. I mean, he's played for Bayern Munich 2 and dominated at that level, but that's the German third division, which is a far cry from even the two Bundesliga, let alone Bundesliga. So uh, he's got a lot of talent. He's shown a lot of, lot of uh, flashes and a lot of good things in youth level and, and on, the, on the second team for Bayern. But, you know, we'll see what he can do in the Superliga. We'll see what he can do against, uh, against that level of competition. And if he's able to settle in and, and get Zvezda their investment back, and, and become a good player for Serbia in the future as well, Alexa, let's hear your thoughts about some uh, Serbian transfers.
3: Well, I'll start off with Zvezda because there's plenty to cover on on uh, both sides. Um, the Montica thing, I think, is a transfer that that makes sense. I think that listen, the tempo even in the third Bundesliga, it, it wipes away any tempo you'd seen in, in the Serbian league. Absolutely, absolutely. He's more than physically ready for it. Um, he has, he's, he's learned a lot from his brother too and uh, you know they, they paid the good money for him and I think that, they, that they've shown a willingness to sign youngsters at least in those positions can, can be threatening and can be Jake Lugovic was one that started off well and fortunately left pretty quickly but they had it on the niche as well so I think that they've paid big money and I think they're going to play him I think if you look at their winger situation Kata is nearing age 31 and they need a different profile of player to him Mirko Iovnich has been shoved down on the left, which is his best position, but at the same time, you wonder whether you're using him there uh, works creatively or whether you should maybe try and switch it up because Zvezda's game has become very predictable. You give the ball in the wing and Iovnich will cut there and they try to make something happen a lot of times and you can get a different kind of threat because I haven't watched the kid play a lot, but you can tell he's fast and you can tell that he, he doesn't mind taking a player on. And uh, you look at the other very options they explosive. have, been is very explosive, yep. Ben uh, is 32. Falco is 30. Uh, Falco himself hasn't been getting a lot of minutes. The other youngsters that have been in around the lineup have either been sent back to Grafica or just not getting time. So I think that they're going to take a serious attempt at giving him minutes. And I think that it's a signing that uh, gives them the opportunity to do what they probably should be doing with that size. of Just trying to get the best youngsters in the region and into the hospital who can come play for uh, a Serbian club or the best youngsters in the Serbian league. Uh, and get them into the system. That's kind of something that, uh, you know, you, you would think and Partizan with the dominance they have financially, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of support, uh, would be able to do to just snap all those players up and they're taking a step in that direction. And I think that, uh, you know, going from Bayern to, you know, he's, going to, he's not going to a small club. Um, so it's, it's something that I think is a move that, makes sense for him. I think it's a question whether he would have gotten minutes in Bayern. You know, Bayern's a team that stockpiles elite talent just because they can. The Bundesliga is literally their their, their training ground, I mean, for the most part, with due respect to Dortmund and Leipzig. But, I mean, anytime they try to make the challenge, Bayern just signs their best player or signs their manager. So, I mean, it, it, it's a defunct league and uh, playing there, unless you're a top player, you're just kind of you don't have an opportunity to learn a lot because there's no competitive incentive if you're playing for Bayern because you know you're going to win. You're not going to take steps forward. He's, he wouldn't have gotten minutes in the Champions League even in years down the line because there are some, you look at Bayern's bench, there are Champions League starters on the bench that aren't just getting minutes because, right. you know, they've got, you know, Lewandowski is a starter or they've got, you know, Nabry or Thomas Miller or someone like that. So it's it's the fun to stay in a team like that and I think it's a move that, makes sense for him and hopefully opens the door for other youngsters for at least for them at least opens the door to to come back um the all uh, he's signing I, I, everything i've seen of the guy he looks great which sucks for for us but uh you know he looks like a proper number nine he he's deceptively quick like they said he's got a tremendous acceleration great first touch um uh, he's been scoring goals and bunches in the preseason i think that's usually a good sign if he can get off the ground running early a lot of times that usually means you're going to be pretty good down the line, whether it's immediately after you've started that purple patch or whether it takes time. I think that he's going to be the signing that they've been looking for for a long time. Um, and ultimately, look at the strikers they have. They signed their Shadow which they loaned your They've still got Milan Povkov, who you have to keep because that type of a, a look, good luck look charm. You, you, know, you don't find guys like that that can just invent goals out of nothing. So the position, whilst the quality of striker wasn't that great, Ultimately, the wages and the status and just the expectations um, were such that Lozcic probably wouldn't have got minutes. Um, now, you can raise the argument whether it makes sense that guys like him and Petr Stanic and, uh, you know, Erikovich can't really get minutes in the domestic league against the likes of Aratnik or against the likes of Metalots, which has been the case because they haven't been getting many minutes uh, in games like that where they really should be getting time. But I think it just comes down to a general consensus that exists in serbian football that there's no time to build a system in place you have to do what you can in the space of two or three years and people are not going to have the patience to wait for a youngster to develop and flourish and shine and a lot of times the youngsters that get minutes here are based out of necessity they're not really based off of a systematic plan in place to give them time and the story about dushalachovic is perfectly exemplified in that uh, they both had moments in their early careers where they didn't live up to the mark as youngsters, and instead of being given a second chance, they were sold. I don't know if, Elias, if you remember, but there was a derby that Luklijovic started where he had an open goal from about seven, eight yards out and missed, and, missed, and he yeah. was subsequent, subsequently benched and sold. Uh, and Dursha which I still remember to this day when we got knocked out to Zagreb in the second round of the Europa League qualifiers, in the 115th minute had a Kimi in Poland that he just poofed over the bar. And uh, you know he was frozen out from the team afterwards. So there's just there's no patience for waiting those youngsters to develop. Um, but I think that uh, you know if 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 you don't have the patience for it, I think it's fine. I think you have to try and. Find a good place for the youngsters to play, and you have to get good money for them. It's, at least in the case of Lavezzi, you did that because he's going to a team that uh, has got two aging strikers. I think they're going to be willing to give him time. You pay five million or four million, how much they paid for him? You know, it's yeah. not huge money, but it's not a you know it's not a small chunk of change. Right. And um, you know you can never really tell how guys in the youngsters are going to work out. Danielovich was sold as the best. Youngster has been ahead in their academy, and as a guy that I still think he played great, he went to Frankfurt, didn't work out, went to Wolfsburg, started well, and then kind of phased out, and now he's in America. So, And then there's other examples where guys kick on and take a step forward. So it's a gamble, and you know, like like uh, general managers say, the, the best of us bat 500 over time, so you can never make all the right decisions. But I think in this case, as much as I love youngsters getting a chance, I think in this case, for what's always what is it made sense to make, to, to uh, let Laszatich go. I think it made sense to let uh, Negos petrovic go, even though I think they should find a replacement in that position, because I understand a lot of people have hyped him. A lot of people think he's really good and he could be really good. And there are certain things he does tremendously well, but I don't see a complete player. I don't see a guy that's comfortable in this position. I think he's been misused. I think he's had bad games that part of it's down to his fault. I think all of the drivers he's played in, he's looked out of his depth. So Maybe he going to a team that doesn't have a lot of pressure on him uh, is going to suit him better. Uh, the Pacini signing on paper should have been great uh, because here's a guy who has a serious CV. He played in Italy. He played in Spain. He played in Portugal. played for Italy. He played for Italy, yeah. So who has got a serious CV and he's, he's in his prime. And if anybody saw the friendly that... Uh, as the played against Schachter, he was responsible for two of the three goals they conceded, and mm-hmm. he looked out of his depth completely. So you wonder whether it made sense. You know, a lot of people have pointed out yeah. so his knee injuries being a problem, him being more focused on building an internet metaverse than the, the, the training <laughs> sessions and stuff like that.
1: Oh, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, my man. I got to yeah, talk to this um, guy, dude. <laughs>
3: Lucas building his bitcoin empire he's going to get to that second one in time but um the signings i think mo- on paper it made sense but uh you know for, for your guy's sake i hope that uh, he he doesn't look that bad in in the later games because he, he looked horrible in the early ones but uh in any event i guess it, it's just they finally recognize they need to get somebody in that position so it's it, it's a good signing for them the signings they've made mostly makes sense for the team they are again it's a team that's playing in the round of 16 in the europa league and competing for a championship in a Champions League team, you know, these are the type of transfers that you would, you know, they they make more sense for a club of that stature. So uh, I think that most of them made sense. A lot of people love to shit on Markela, and a lot of times rightfully so, because, and that's because they make a lot of dumb decisions, but I don't think that there were as many dumb decisions in this transfer. I know, and I think if for nothing else, the signing of Aki proved that for every
2: four or five dumb nuts they signed, they can still sign a general player uh, if they look hard enough. It's just... Alex, the, the other thing that we just, with, with Oki there, I just think that was a strategically brilliant move because the Norwegian league is in their break. They play opposite to the rest of Europe because of the weather conditions. So they played during the, the European summer and then there was a player there, obviously, who had good goal scoring pedigree in the Scand- one of the Scandinavian leagues who was available and just sitting there. And so I, I hope that Zvezda's, strategic move in getting him is going to work out really really well sorry brother but i just thought i'd add that in no it, it makes sense and again you look at the
3: schedule that serbian clubs have they all pretty much have to start in the summer for qualifying anyways and they have a winter break because they don't play in january so it's not even like a huge adjustment in terms of schedule you can just you know hop right in and and play well so usually you know medical and that's get a lot of crap for the signings they make but at least on paper Strategically, the signings and sales they made actually are not too far from the sales that I would have made, and you know it probably makes sense whether they work out remains to be seen. Obviously, remains to be seen what happens with Stankovic if he's going to leave at the end of the season and someone else comes in. It's a completely different strip formation and just approach. And again, it is a help when you've got a legendary ex-player who can you know who's recognized world over. It can help to motivate guys. It, it's much more enticing when Stankovic is the one who approaches you than Vladimir. And I don't I respect Milovic. <laughs> right. It's just not that name. So the signings make sense. From our side, uh, I guess if you want to go the Partizan side, um, the signings that were made. I mean, the, the the bar has been set so obscenely low that that, that the fact that we're getting Jovic and Markovic back is actually for me seen as a success because we've our transfer policy is the equivalent of me playing FIFA Ultimate Team and looking where all our ex-players are in all the European leagues and just stacking them in my squad. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I don't care about the chemistry. I don't care about anything. We're just, you know, let's just play. And um, it is what it is at the end of the day. Yubin Faisa, I think if he's fit, I think is going to be a big signing. I think that he was treated way too harshly in his first term with us. I think that he was, you know, that the songs that were sung about him and, and the price tag he was paid because he was paid over a million, which at that time was a lot of money. Uh, but he was a very solid player for us and, and uh, somebody did a great threat even now when they saw him play for Al-Ali and Benfica that his ability to spray diagonal passes and his ability to positionally cover the lines uh, defensively in an 11-on-11 situation is something that is A, still at a very good level and B, something that we desperately need because we've been playing with Miloskovic as a DM he's not a DM he doesn't hold positions well he gets caught out he's not physically ready if Ruben Mirface can be physically ready to value, well, you'll appreciate this. If you remember when you guys signed Senior Show Mikhailovich, he didn't play most of the domestic games, but all the big Champions League games and European Cup games, he was basically the guy that was signed for those games. And I'm hoping that Ruben Mirface is the same thing here where we signed for the Sparta Prague game, we signed it for the Derby. And uh, I think that his ability to to hold position and his ability, he's still strong enough to fall off. So and the experience that he has, and another thing is that a lot of this team either doesn't have a strong trophy C V or they don't have a winning mentality. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's made the point, oh, this is a team that's won all the times when it matters, which is complete horseshit. It's a lie. This is a team that's choked away a lot of stuff. Who we Iliad's lied? Think... I don't know, man. I does not seem like a type of guy to uh, lie, but I yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's here's a guy who's got ten trophies in three or four different countries, and a guy who's played a lot of time for the national team, and a guy that. You know, the only thing that annoys me is like, well, you know, when Partizan calls you, you know, you sign anytime. No, dude, like, we were chasing you for three years. You should have just gone out and <laughs> <Yeah. with> Mil- <laughs> <What> said, when said it, basically, Miloshoich mm-hmm. went out and said that when he signed, I signed because these are the best conditions for me and I was paid the most money. and I That's like, right.
0: That's, it's, he, I, he I got, the that. guy went to Saudi Arabia first and then he came back. Like, that tells yeah. you, you know, the level of priority. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, Faisa isn't getting, you know, isn't using the same fitness regimen to get fifth for the season that he did you know, to get fit for national team games because uh, if we remember how many times that guy pulled out with injury, every time he <laughs> a lot up. of injury, <laughs> almost, every, almost every time he had an injury when
3: he got called. But another part, it's funny you mentioned that because a part of the frustration that I think people are feeling, because a lot of people are like, well, you're getting a guy who's an international who's one of the more respected players in this position. How are you unhappy? Well, you look at the transfer policy of this club. Usually guys like that come with heavy baggage in terms of injuries or just personality traits. That are an issue, and we're never going to face him. He's not mm-hmm. a personality problem, but we know he's an injury problem. So it, the question is how much he can take steps forward. Um, I think it sucks we lost Alexander Shevchuk. I think the fact that we sold him to the 14th ranked Polish team for no money, with him forgiving a part of the wages that we're not paid to him, just shows that it's hard for me to get excited long term for these teams. I, I
0: don't get that. I just don't get that. Plard. You know, I, I get it. I'm just happy he's going to get paid. That's all. He's going to go he's to Paul and they'll pay him. He's, he's going to get a paycheck. That, Good for him, He's guy man. that
3: worked his ass off. Like when he came in and he was like one of the most criticized guys in the team to one of the most beloved guys in the roster. We wouldn't have been in the conference league if he didn't score in the 90th minutes against Suchi to take us the extra time. And uh, he's a guy who was a, a great fighter, who was a great defensive mid for some very important games, great at every single derby he played in. And, uh, I think if we would have kept him and added these two guys, I think it would have been an awesome window because you guys remember I was screaming we need defensive midfielders. And in some way that we did address that because Marko Iefto is a good player. And I think, again, he Uh was treated way too harshly when he played for us in the second term. And he's a guy that, uh, is, is a different type of player. He's more capable of going forward and and creating much more than Faisa did because he can shoot from distance and he can play a better pass than Faisa, at least in the final third. But, uh, Again, it's hard for me to get excited because a lot of these guys are coming off in injuries. And as you guys just saw, Daniel Pantech tore his ACL and he's out for the rest of the year. Right. And even Obradovich yeah. is off to Germany with a back problem. So it really makes you wonder, like, who's running the fitness Yeah, and also, see. like,
0: when you, when, you, when you mention Obradovich, you, you think, oh, my God, his face is just going to be another, another even Obradovich who just gets injured all the time because they yeah. both have that history of injuries, right? So just that's the risk when you sign these type of players that are, you know, in their 30s, Coming off injuries, it's just tough, but at the end of the day, maybe, you know, I don't really agree with Patizan's uh, transfer policy. I don't hate it. I don't love it either. I, I understand it, though. But at the same I, can't, time, you know,
3: I can't understand it. But yeah, I
0: definitely I understand it, right? You bring players that are used to the pressure, that know what's expected. familiar of the club... But at the same time, though, you, you see that it didn't bring a lot of reinforcements. That Maybe that means that, you know, guys like BuzzDotter might get more of a chance in the but next here's, here's part here's the part
3: that's, that's annoying. It's like you have Stanovich come out in the press conference and say, we need to improve our defensive and field position. And the next thing he does is, like, he sells checkage. And another thing he says is, we need guys <laughs> yeah. to fill the club. And then he goes out and wants to make a bid for Sergei Mililovic, who's not a bad player, you know. don't get me wrong, but he was a no. former Fesna player. And yeah. <laughs> again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a shitty thing, because we had Stojkovic and we had guys that, we had Neil like it's fine. But you can't be saying one thing, and then literally the next thing you do is the, the exact opposite of it. So, not to mention the fact that a lot of wages aren't getting paid on time, most likely. I
2: don't get that. I don't get that. Maybe it's just an our mentality, but for God's sake, the guys. Gospel- the guy's, a, a person's done something for you, pay you know him. Mean? A, a like contract is a guy.
1: contract, no, man. The
3: they, they just don't give a crap. They I don't, don't know if care you saw, about... and I'm sorry to get off on a tangent on this, but these are things that are very important. I don't know if you saw that there was a picture of the board that was done. It was uh, the assembly about who was going to be the president of the club for the next five years. And, of course, virtually each one that would ease, because why wouldn't he? Uh, but that's a whole other topic for another day. And you show up, and there was a picture of, Of like a carpet they were on. The carpet looked so dirty and just so not washed. And it looked like there was mold on it. And it's just like you're doing like like an election. And you can't even buy a brand new fucking carpet. Like, is it like is right. it really that bad that mm-hmm. you can't fix stuff like that? And then you look at really? the way they do things in social media where like they make constant spelling mistakes, they tag the wrong people, <laughs> they couldn't even find a picture of Dusham Blackovich and Partizan to congratulate them. <laughs> oh my God. you had to force the conference league's official Twitter account to find a picture, mm-hmm. which they probably did just by typing Dusham Vlachovic Partizan yeah, on the Yeah,
1: exactly. Page, yeah. Who, like
0: the you know of what's funny? Stuff. You know what's funny. After I made that tweet and called him out, they put it on Instagram, and they actually put the picture from the <laughs> from the you know, from, from him from
2: the him
3: raising the cup, from him <laughs> picking up the cup. Like, just, I mean, it's yeah. But so... you know, said, yeah, 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 Miller, yeah, Miller said
2: yeah, and then people from that air, that part of the world get you on copyright laws. Do you know? Yeah, like yeah. It, yeah. Just oh, you know. it makes man, what it's... I what I really gives me you know gives me the shits is that. These people who come in and and be part of our clubs or run our clubs or run our FAs or whatever it is, they think they are so intellectually superior to the rest of the people that are there and it's like they are our savior. And then you go through all those examples of which Alexa has eloquently put put through and you go, no, buddy, you're a goat herder. Do you know what I mean? Like, please make someone in there that is going to be just confident at their role right because- another thing that's important to mention is, sorry to interrupt there's a thing that Mustafa hasanagic i
3: don't know if you guys know him he was the striker mm-hmm. one of yeah. the strikers for the legendary 66 team that went to the cup final in, against real madrid he said i haven't been in the club in five years fakrit nomenovic who was the former good goalkeeper yeah. for us in the in the late 80s he showed up like for the first time in serbia after 30 years he hasn't been in the club like you can't do that stuff. And it's like, you look at the comparison like the basketball team, for example, where you've got Vlad, you know, Vladivov, Paspay, Novitsyn Velichkovich, you've got Sasha Djordjevic, all these legends. Like, we have our fair share of ex-players and legends who love us. Like, we give them no love, we give them no treatment, or we've burned out every single one of our ex-players who was a manager or who was in a position of power. And it's just very hard for me to get excited. And again, because people constantly are like, well, you're, first position in the in the league. You've gotten out of the group in Europe. You've got a youngsters that you can sell. Like, what's the deal? Do you look at just how completely... It's
0: all so fragile, that's why it's all so fragile. and it's yeah. so
3: disinterested. It's Hanging just on no, a thread. No plan, no system. It's like, you can't base your transfer policy off of just, like, ex-players and free agents. Like, yeah. that's a horrendous transfer policy. Like, if you played football manager for the first time with, like, us League 2 team, you wouldn't do that. So...
2: I yeah, and Zvezda is
3: no
0: better. Zvezda is no better. Let's, let's let's just remember what they did to Boachi. They owed him $250,000. This is a guy that that gave up that amount of money. And think of all the things he did for the club while he was there. One of the best foreigners to played for the club, amazing striker. So many key goals, and they couldn't pay him out, you know, $250,000. After all the goals he scored to get them to Europe, to get them all that money in their pockets by I mean, the way 250 250,000
3: 250 that they paid, they spent for like celebrating the league title could have easily gone him. now we're just going to show off for the league title. you know and, the, the, and,
2: but the thing is though is these presidents whether it's territory or but like first of all when the elections come up for presidents mate there's a list of mile along right for, for who wants to become president this that, and everything else and the way they talk to people whether it be journalists, you know, most of the time it is journalists. We all understand that they treat them with utter disdain because they have this delusion in their head that they are elite right. and they are there to, because they're the only people who know how to do the right thing for the interests of the club, and they're untouchable. They, they can't do it. yeah, anything. and they, they, they the fuck thing. it up the most. Really, right? Do you know what I mean? Like it's what 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 is the big deal of you know like. Getting a few cameras there, employing a few photographers and all that. Yeah, if Omerovich does come back to the club, you know, shake his hands, welcome back, put it up on Twitter, like a spelling mistake. That's inexcusable in this modern world because you've got spell check. Right. Right. You know, and that can be broken. Even he has other... spell check. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll go on. All right.
3: And I'll, then uh... I'll, mention, I'll mention two things as well. When Vucic came out and said Stanovic just extended his contract to the 1924 season. So that just shows you he has no clue where he's at. <laughs> also, to yeah, mention, sure. also to mention the fact that Zvezda Thetizic has the gall, the nerve, the unmitigated bravery to come out and say, oh, it sucks that uh, Dragostovic doesn't call me. I'm like, good. Good,
2: it, good that he doesn't why call me. Why the fuck me. would he call well, yeah, you, bro? So you call call on, you, you've, you've got to understand, you for so You've got to understand this. He's like, he, that's. And again, I'm not trying to be, you know, um, something that I'm not either. But Zvezda Terzic is not Dragan Sojkvich's level. Well, hell no. You know what I mean? Like as, as a man, He's as a footballer. He's not even in the same as a, stratosphere, as an administrator, as anything. Like, he you can't know, sit at that table. Like, yeah, Steymar, Wessler, Sturwesom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there is no, they're not colleagues. Dude. And this is where, and you know, we're not trying to say that you know, like Dragostovic or Savo Milošević or Vilo Koga, you know, called Digo Nos, and, you know, like, they know who their friends are. They know who their mates are. They know who their colleagues are. They know who they... Because put, because, put it this way, if it's awesome walks back to Partizan, you know, like, and I always wish that guy lives to 180 years of age because I actually really love that man, right? Like, in his Partizan legend, ex-Yugoslavia legend, I think is a wonderful football manager. He... You know, those, a lot of those people there are not to his level either, right? The, the, like, the Red Sea should divide when he comes. Just Dude. like with Dregers-Polikovic, just yeah. like with Bishon Petrovic. Apologies, Valley, like if the connection cut out
3: before we could hear you say who it was, if you could just repeat it. If, it, mm-hmm. if, if it's, awesome, it's awesome. If it's awesome, right. of course. I mean, if it's awesome, is the guy who's like the most competent person to step in front in the club in the last 50 years. So, I mean,
2: Absolutely. If it's awesome, man the, man. the man is a legend, right? The man is just a superstar. If I, you know, I would employ anybody just to go watch his commentary when Australia played Kravatska uh, in the World Cup, and you can still get it on YouTube, his commentary about football, right? It was just phenomenal. He didn't give a flying fuck. He just said it how it was. Not so, to mention the goes, fact that it's still it's still applicable today, by the way, if you can't absolutely, him play. absolutely, Absolutely, absolutely. This, this is in 2006, by the way. Absolutely. And so if he went back to Patissa, like the, you know, like never more us the Red Sea needs to part. These are the people that have something to say about proper football issues, not for the so-called. And again, I could do a whole podcast on this. Those uh, people who think that they are professional sports administrators who are just bureaucrats. In Eastern Europe, they're just commonly known as crooks or criminals, and they think that they are saving the landscape of sport in where we come from. Vali, here, here, here is
1: here is the worst part about those kind of people. We're talking about the bureaucrats you just named, right? So, like, if we take the Boachi example, O M two hundred and fifty k. The fact that Boachi uh, for one that payment didn't want that payment. These people who who made the deal actually think that that was a good that was good business. You know what I mean? Yes. So so it's like ingrained yes. in them. They're they're like shaking hands with each other. Like oh, we got that guy not to pay. We don't have to pay that guy two hundred and fifty thousand. We're like we're like uh, brilliant or something like that. And that that is just so corrosive to future longevity yeah, you know, of any look, sort of project. They're
0: patting themselves on the back. Exactly. He was a free agent. They gave him. A, they made him a free agent, so he can sign him wherever he wants. Right. Well, um, if you didn't, if you paid him. He wouldn't fucking leave. Yeah. Like,
2: well, yeah, <laughs> I like if like that, and by the for a transfer fee, really, you would have made a million and a half or two million. Exactly. You know? This really, really pains me. Really pains me. But I agree with it. Was it Jean Dere or Van La Fada who took Zvezda to UEFA to get his money back? I wish more people would do that to expose the, the, the shitbags. If, I may, if my name
3: Takuma Sato, who was like ostracized for like the biggest trader in the history of the world, you didn't pay the guy on time. Deal with it. You know, he took it to court and then they come out and say, We have the best legal team. He had no right to leave, blah, blah, you know, whatever. He's now in the Bundesliga. Has there been any sign of it? No, of course not.
2: Like, because put it this way it. When, when these people are waiting for their cuts, trust me, they're not waiting very long. Yeah, exactly. Right? They, they want <laughs> they're it, getting paid they on want time. It straight away. Right. Right. They want it straight away. So stop talking to us like we're, we're stupid. Right. Like, you know, like it's. It's just not the case. Like, I, I'll never forget this. And we've had this discussion on, you know, pot a million times over. To me, and I love football and I love my basketball and I love the water polo, handball, everything. I just, as soon as I see our anthem, as soon as I see a national shirt of ours, I'll watch two snails going down the footpath, <laughs> right? Like, I love it. Okay. There is something seriously wrong with me. I love it. Okay. But when you, um, when you go and see, the stupidity that what we do, one that I'll never forget as long as I live, I went to Moldova to watch um, Serbia versus Moldova. We won 3-0 in, Ch- in Kishinov, um, what is it, three, four, five years ago. And there was about 30 people from the FA that they were there. Now, I don't understand what they would all need to be there for. Well I, well, I do, but, but it's it's not good for F F F, F, F C Airways. It's not really. A, I yeah, know. Yeah, brother, brother, they were there on a junket. They were there on a junket. That's what that, that's what the slang is called here in Australia. Do you know what I mean? Like they were there for the free ride, the free experience, because they're not paying for it. Right. Exactly. So, and a few it's a party. Too. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, you know, like I'm thinking to myself, you know, like again, if for me. If, it, if the choice between is a new stadium and, and three new children's hospitals within Serbia, I'm still picking. I'm still picking the hospitals. Do you know what I mean? Like I, you know, like I. Oh, that's that's where my heart is because I know that if we go build a new stadium. And we get our, like, uh, hooligans in there want to rip up the seats and all that type of stuff. It gives me the shits. Right. The national I mean? like, stadium's going to be in the middle of nowhere. No one's going to fill it after the national team. So it's just going to
3: be a big parking lot full like, of birds to shit on. Dude, it's, not like, it's, like, not, it's
1: not like the national team could fill it anyway. I mean, we we get about 2,000, yeah. you know, exactly. players right now. Dude,
3: we got, we got 5,000 people in our last three <laughs> games combined. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, just it, it's stuff like this just doesn't make me exciting because so there's no, like, to go plan, back, no go, system. I think it was Ronder or Van Laporte who went to UEFA to get the money that was owed him. I wish Richmond Boy Archie did that. It's 250k, sort of. Yeah, It's not like you know, like it's not it like know, you lost five of pounds off your pocket. Absolutely. It's 250k. Like Pudi the jednom životu, you know, a kontrola ekskluzije a platim You know, like it's just.
1: I mean, a contract's just, a contract, dude. I don't know, like what what the hell they're doing over there, but like if you sign, you're gonna and, pay and him.
2: That's in the why. And, you know, that's why we going in. And, you know, like, if we run it properly, maybe Njegos Petrovic doesn't go for a million dollars. You know, 1.5 million euros, you know, to to Granada and Spain. Maybe he goes for seven, eight in 18 months' time. Because if if you blood him, you develop him, you nurture him, you coach him. And, you know, for all these famed academies, that Zvezda or Partizan or whoever they do have, that's what we've got to try to aim for. Not to mention not that we've this. gotten very, very little use out of it. It's the same thing for Marko Milovanovic, which was
3: about to mention. It's like, oh, we're keeping him. Well, there's no plan, there's no system. He's not going to play. And even if we sold him in, like, down the line, you know that the six million we got now, at most, is going to be seven or eight down the line. They're going to take the money, and he's going to turn out to be a star, and it's going to be useless. So it's not like great business. They didn't sell him. It's like they don't know what they're going to do with him. They might sell him. Like the transfer window, as far as I know, for the Serbian league is still active. They might sell him in the summer. It might leave us with one striker, especially mm-hmm. for Carlos leaves then we'll be on zero strikers and it's like we're going to sell him because he's an add-on it's a good it's a good offer he's not going to get that blah 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 like how much use did we get out of dusham like i said he was benched in 2017 he spent six months frozen out we got nothing out of it hey. like, mitrovic was there for one season like but that no but system. that guy
1: always knew that guy always knew what's his name that, that Vlahovic was a world-class player but just, just kind of just had him on the bench and let him rot, put these are and, I mean, and you know, sold him for I peanuts. If I
3: say it's going to rain a hundred times, eventually. He won't
1: no, 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 But of course, it's easy to say that after the fact when he just became the biggest like Serbian um, signing of all time. You know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, I always knew he was going to be a magnificent world star.
3: Yeah, he always knew. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. The is, And the <laughs> it's also just to, just to finish the point really, and then I'll let you go. It's like you look at the team that we have right now. We've got Nemanjaovic, who's got serious potential. Summit Bajramovic scored a shitload of goals in the U. Frank. So We've got youngsters who can play various positions, there's no plan. There's no structure. It's like, they're going to loan you out and you're going to get minutes. It's not like, we're going to build around you for the next season. It's just, sell it. And There's no plan that we're going to sell it for a few months down the line. There's no thing. They've been forcing this stupid idea of, we're going to sell him now, and then we're going to keep him on loan for six months, and then we're going to play him. What's the point of keeping the guy on loan for six yeah. months when you're building for next season? He's not even going to be there. Right. So even that worked once. It worked once once, of because we didn't have anybody else in that position. The thing that worked once, they've been trying it, like Every single player we've sold since then, and it's backfired on us. And it's like they keep insisting because they don't know what else to do. So all these things make it harder for me to get excited. And like I said, we're first in the league table. We've got a big European game coming up. You know, fans should be excited. Records are being set. We've got a, you know, a passion guy on the bench, yada, yada, yada. What's the point when, especially if you consider the fact that you've got a direct spot in the Champions League in two years and we're going to go into Champions League qualifiers, can you imagine – Going into Champions League qualifiers with that team that can last sixty minutes on the pitch,
2: we're going to get slaughtered by the first series team we went in. Alex Abraterojinic, this is this, but this is where I get it. So it's in two years' time, we make you know Serbian clubs, Zvezda, Partizan, or you know Radnik Surdulica, going into the Champions League, right? In two years' time, Nergoš Petrović needs to be twenty-four years of age at the prime of his, like um, at the start of his powers shining on the European stage at, at the Champions League. This is what I'm trying to say. There, there is no plan anywhere. Like, it's just band-aid solution. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. right? So we're not going to pay the, the Richmond enrichment for $250,000, but we'll go quickly sell off Negos Petrovic for a million and a half. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm only using him as an example because he's recent right there in front of our nose. But it could be Yank or Mark or anybody. Now, this is the problem that we have within that Serbian football structure is that you should always just band-aid solution, band-aid solution, band-aid solution. We use use the national team as a development academy, right? And so far, how many times that I've gone through my life and learned stuff, 1998, we make the World Cup in France, Right. The, you know the then colours had to be reverted back to reverted to navy blue due to sponsors, so you wouldn't take the you wouldn't take the exposure off France, right? Who had the same um, apparel sponsor and who were the host nation? So we wore a navy blue shirt. Like what the fuck? Okay, we blooded a young Dan Stankovic and a young Pericognielovic into the national team before they were ready. And we left the highest, the, the leading goal-scorer in France at that time. We didn't even pick him. So we could onsell sell it off so the Crooks can make their money. It, now, it, what it, are those transfers? Savic. It, so, uh, was in Bordeaux. Maybe. Yeah, Ante Dominic. Yeah, he was for Lons. He played for Lons that year, right? He was top goal-scorer in France. He was fucking ready, waiting, begging goals in for, uh, begging goals in for, uh, for fun. Okay. And so we, we uh, blooded a young Peretzer Gnanovic and a young Dan Stankovic. Okay, Dan Stankovic worked. um Gnanovic uh, didn't. And I will never forget a, 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 um, a video I saw of which the Singapore national team was playing against Jagodina in a friendly international that was organized by the ex Yugoslavia goalkeeper Radojko Abramovic. Peretzer Gnanovic was 30 years of age, walking around the pitch. It was embarrassing, right? It was embarrassing. So why can't we be in a situation where these transfers are made at the right time for the benefit of everybody involved to make a win-win situation? But you know what? That takes time. That takes planning, and that takes hard work. And that sometimes we're not prepared. <laughs> and that's sometimes we're not prepared to do. Only, and a final point. A a final now. point. will
3: make me a lunch before I, I, we end it because we went off on a tangent. You may be tweet. <laughs> Towards the the Fulham guys that were like, well, why aren't we going to the Serbian market, tapping into it? Well, they could be tapping into it and stealing all our guys at eighteen, and they're going to be getting underdeveloped raw guys that aren't getting any minutes. So, like yeah. people are saying, eleventh for twelfth league. Well, it's not really eleventh for twelfth league. It's two clubs that are holding it up, and the other fourteen's like, uh-huh. God, apart from Trukanic. All right, fair enough. And Des and are doing fine. It's like three and a half clubs that are doing anything in the rest of the league. Like, how are you guys even professional? Like, <laughs> there's no system, there's no structure, there's no planning. So the occasional good things that happen are things that just, there's no system and no structure. They just happen. And it's hard for you to get as excited as you'd like to be. You know, is playing important games. Partizan's playing important games. Of course we're going to cheer. Of course we're going to support. Of course we're going to believe we're going to win every game. But realistically, there's very little system and very little structure and very little long-term planning. And in order to have success in things, you have to have some sort of a system in place. Like Pixie, he had an idea, he had a vision, he had some system in place, and he achieved it. It's not that hard and they just keep making it hard and it's
0: it's annoying so yeah you know, right. and uh guys only we can change we only we can uh turn a deadline day special into another rant about the Serbian football
3: establishment <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> it's because we care it's because we yeah. care because, Yeah, yeah because and, we... and
2: listen and alexa uh, that just sums it all up we still care after all That's this time right. You know, I had a street, had a streets, you know, why I loved him more than life itself, right? And he, you know, once you know, when I used to get, you know, give him the shits when I was younger and all that type of stuff, get you know, I was naughty, get into trouble and all that type of here. Trust me, I got disciplined. But every now and then he would look at me later and go, Nevalash Ali Simoj. <laughs> and sometimes and sometimes that's how I used to feel and that's how I feel about Serbian football. Right. Right? Nevalya. I'll employ him more. Yep. That was I love that the big Bitcoin chart last. Exactly, year. bro. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. verbatim, right? dude. And, so, and that's exactly <laughs> my point, you know. To um, hopefully, because I doubt I could ever get to that level. Hopefully, complement what Alex has just said. Do you know what I mean? Like because we care. That's why we don't do it because we've got nothing else better to do. We care. We love it, that's right? right? Yeah. Nothing that else. Way, nothing Alex. else gives us. Nothing else gives us that thing. Like we can sit here and talk about Milos Degenic. You know, he's left. Svezda. He's left Zvezda and, you know, he's gone to the MLS. And I'm so happy for him because he's a Serbian kid. But, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, he plays for Australia. You know, we, we still love it, but it's just not a million percent that. Just like Milan Borian, you know what I mean? Like, pulls off a fantastic save a couple of days ago again for Canada, just like he does for Zvezda. But you think to yourself that the icing on the cake would be if he, was, if he wore the Serbia shirt. You know, I mean? mm-hmm. we, all, we all feel like that every now and then, right? So want- Luke, Luke is Luca's <laughs> managing to do this show and organize it along with his Bitcoin
3: madness. Millish has a daughter. Veli has a job. Like how do we need to do this? And we're still doing it, and we're willing to do it every time because we care. And if they only care, like like if, they, if people care, like a quarter of the percentage we do, like we'd be a top five league. But they. That's right. Out, and and like, I'm wow. happy for I'm
0: happy for Degenech because he's actually gonna get paid on time, no yeah. issues, right? And I'm I'm he's not I understand that.
3: because of some stupid beef. Yeah, and I
0: understand why he hasn't sell because uh, obviously, he's going to be very handy in the league. If something happens, with it's a smart decision not to let him go to MLS. But I would have loved to see him go to Kansas
2: City, like those rumors were saying. I would have loved to see him at MLS. I would yeah, I would, love a, I would have loved have to see him that. in Kansas City. I'll go
1: visit Luca. We can drive down to hey, Kansas hell City. Hell yeah, dude. Watch uh,
2: some. Well, the, the Chiefs might call, Alexa, Alexa, chiefs call how, for a receiver. <laughs> Alex, did you notice yeah. that we just didn't get an invite then? He goes, I can go visit Luca. He goes, <laughs>
1: Hey, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll check it out let you know how it is, dude.
2: <laughs> Brother, we're not allowed to leave our neighborhood. That's the thing. That's you know, right. You're I mean, trapped like, um, in Australia. Miller said, <laughs> is, um, is, uh, is Borian going to go to the MLS?
0: I don't think so. This, they're not letting him go. So I guess okay. he's he you staying. I just thought if you had. Um, there's, there's plenty uh, of time to this plenty of time. Yeah, we'll see in the summer what happens. But I mean, the way he's playing right now, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of interest. And maybe he sells him in the summer i think his contract's until 2024 so i'm sure some mls club is going to offer probably toronto or montreal or vancouver is going to offer a lot of money for him and if he keeps playing like this and he takes canada to the world cup because yeah he's in amazing form right now and i'm sure he's interest... and he's just
2: got such charisma as well as a person oh, yeah. and as a footballer and favorite. um yeah and you know we all know great examples in the past in in football of charismatic goalkeepers. And it's one of those things where it that, that actually doesn't grow on grow trees. You right. know? That's so right. I think uh, Bordian's got that in abundance. But again, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we love it. And and yeah, we got it's many us
0: anything, anything you guys want to add before we go? Look at anything you want to add before we uh, go? Before we go to Valleys, actually. Before we go to Valleys, final shout-out.
1: <laughs> no, no, I just have a, I have a pop quiz question for you guys. Um, who, mm-hmm. who who was the who was the first player to score for Serbia against Czech Republic?
3: T. Uh, um, no, 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 not
1: Lazevic, not yes. The, the final score was three one. Who was the second player to score? Uh, no, Pantelić, and then T. Oh, yeah, yeah. hey, that was, that was the pop quiz, man. Go ahead, Velo. take Actually, it. The
0: first uh, player to score was Milan B. Because it was an own goal. And, uh, <laughs> That is one nothing. Oh yeah,
1: right back. I
3: forgot about that. <laughs> that's why right, you guys
1: can't be me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's why you got a Twitter pop, account, pop, pop bro. Quiz,
2: new pop quiz question
1: every, every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. We should do that. We
2: should do that. Riley, well, like, what what about your shout outs? Oh, listen, you know, like uh, there's no there's no um um again you know uh the. Diaspora Leagues are starting here in Australia very soon within the next two weeks, um, all the major states in Australia. So let's, let's, let's um, take the um, the tangent off. I want to say my shout-out to the Dianella White Eagles in Perth and um, uh, Maddington also in Western Australia. Um, Dianella probably the higher ranked um, uh, in terms of the league. I think they're playing the second division in, in Western Australia. So out west, the Dianella White Eagles, I want to give them a massive shout-out. And um, over time, boys, we will give you the heads-up of almost every single Serbian club that plays plays in Australia. Uh, some of them are in good leagues. You know, Belga to start soon, but I know that I've talked about them a lot. But we're back in the first division in, here in South Australian football. So um, uh, I will keep you guys posted about them in the coming shows. That's yeah,
0: right. Good luck to all our clubs in and- Australia and all the Aussie Serbs listening, of course. And uh, great show this week. You know what?
2: You know what I want to know. I actually want to know they can get in touch with our Twitter account. I want our Serbian clubs in other parts of the world that are in the Aspera to get in touch with us and Mm -hmm. to say hello. And you know, we would be happily to give them a shout out and to give them a plug and to um, talk about their history and all that type of stuff. Because um, I know that you guys have seen it in the past. You know, one of my great things is I have a I have a jacket from the White Eagle Soccer Club in Johannesburg in South Africa. Do you know what I mean? And so um, that's what we want. All you guys, you know, in America, in Canada, in uh, New Zealand, in Australia, and all that type of stuff, get in touch with us through um, the Serbian 40 Twitter account. Listen to the pod. And, uh, brothers, we'd love to give you guys a shout-out. Men and women, of course, because, um, uh, yeah, because, like, Belgrade here has got now three teams – Two or three teams in, in women's football and a lot all of Serbian right. girls play and um, they, they have a lot of fun. So um, all power to them.
0: Beautiful. And yeah, big shout out to the United Serbians from Milwaukee. I see they're winning. I think they win their league like every year. They always post pictures um, and they dominate in that league. So shout out to those guys there. That's guy. I always see their tweets and they're definitely killing it. So yeah, shout out to all the Serbian clubs out there across the world.